Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. It is Tuesday, February the 19th, 2019. I'm calling in. That's a good number to pay, to play, 2-19-19. That's a good number. Um, thanks for tuning in. My voice is coming back a little bit. I had the flu last weekend and um, just trying to get my voice back. And it's been a lot. Thank you for tuning in. Um Getting myself situated. We have some. Uh, we have a lot of things um, that's kind of really coincide with our guest that we have tonight, Miss Dawn James, who's going to talk to us about the vibration of forgiveness. Um, her story is really amazing. Actually, when she was pregnant, um, someone tried to kill her, and she moved through that, and she chose to forgive. So she's going to come on the show. She's going to talk to us about. The Vibration of Forgiveness. And then we also have my girl, Paula B., is going to co-host, not only for the chat, but she's going to be with us throughout the whole hour. And we're going to talk about a couple things that she um, started up on social media and, you know, the, the outpouring of comments was kind of, kind of, you know, kind of divided. We were hoping that we would get some more from the guys, but, you know, we're going to talk about why I think we didn't get more from the guys, but um, after this message, Paula B. just actually came into the studio, and we're going to take a quick break and come back with Paula B. talking about um, love and relationships, our two favorite things to talk about. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is Neo for Life Beat. The music industry fights AIDS. When you're drunk or high, all you want to think about is what feels good. But think about this. Two Americans under the age of 21 are infected with HIV every hour of every day. Don't become another statistic. Use protection. To learn more about HIV and AIDS, go on to www.lifebeat.org. Respect yourself. Protect yourself. There, beneath the surface. It waits for the silence, and then it starts slowly, climbing its way up and around what we've built here in our town. It happens every day in our communities, schools, and workplaces. Sexual violence thrives, and we remain silent about these crimes. We can use our voices and have the positive conversation that can stop this problem from growing in our community. Sexual violence thrives in silence. Let's talk about it. now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. You're now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We're in the studio with my girl. She is Miss Paula B. She's the host of Positive Reality. She is my ace, Boom Coon. She is, she's my best, what is she, my best lady, my best woman, my best, I don't know, I have so much, so much debate going around what I should call her in my upcoming wedding. Um, I have one person on one side saying they're the best man. One person saying she's the best woman. I don't know. I'm going to take a vote to see what I'm going to call each of them. But I want to welcome to this to this um, show my BFF, Miss Paula B. Beckett. Welcome to the show, sweetheart. Hey, how are you? Hey. How you feeling, baby? <laughs> I'm feeling okay. My voice is coming back. Um, I've been scratchy and hoarse all week. 
I'm just coming back. Glad to have you on the show again, sweetie. How's Me your week? Too. How's you your day what? going? Oh, really good. It was really good. It was quick. Um, but it was busy. But you know, we're always sick at the same time because you know I, know, I had the science section. I know. I know. I know. That was crazy. How yours doing good? I'm doing much better. I'm still on my medication, still sniffling, but I'm feeling much better. Yeah, I keep having like I guess that post nasal drip that keeps fogging yes. up my throat. But yeah, we're gonna get through it. We're it gonna get through work. it. Yeah, yes. so I saw that you were posting online. I was I was silently lurking in the background reading the comments. I saw my girl, um, Shanika Bell, she was replying a lot. Um I actually liked a lot of her comments. Um saw Coach Ellis was chiming in, Tracy Holland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me see, I was trying to figure out which question. Because you posted two questions. Um, yeah, well, actually, I posted, yes, I did. I posted three. Well, I first started off with my first question mm-hmm. was, um, this question was for the men. And what's so funny is I said, I'm going to really wait to see what type of response <laughs> I get. If I get, right. like, a very small response, I'm just going to go with the answer, mm, silence, is, silence is golden, but I knew in their silence I already know what the answer is. So, let me just go ahead and read the question. You want me to read the question? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So I said, this question is for men. What if your wife or significant other could no longer provide you pleasure in the bedroom? This is a woman that you deeply love, your ride or die. Temptation is staring you right in the face. Should you give in to temptation and risk the chance to lose the love of your life? for 20 minutes of pleasure, or should you stand strong, fight fight the temptation because of the love you're so familiar with and has been with you through the toughest times in your life? Will you be her ride or die? So one person shared it. My friend Joe Malinowski, who's been commenting all day, that's in Connecticut, um, he made a comment, and he was just saying, well, you see that you see that the difference between you there Paula. oh call got dropped she'll call back in I'm interested to know what he said regarding that that's a, that's a deep question so only have sex two or three times a month because he's having difficulty staying erect when they have sex. Because of this issue, she's giving him permission to have sex with other women. So I'm understanding if she's giving him permission to have sex with other women. So if he's not, if he can't perform with her, is he able to perform with other women? Is that the, is that what I'm understanding? Now, if that's the case, there are some serious problems going on. Oh, okay. He is not having the same issue when he had sex with other women, only with her. Okay, duh. <laughs> you know what? If you want to chime in on this question, um, the number is 619-924-9765. I want to read the question again. Um, she said, the couple deeply in love are in a monogamous relationship. They only have sex two or three times a month because he is having difficulty staying erect when they have sex. Because of this issue, she has given him permission to have sex with other women, and he is not having the same issue when he has sex with other women, only with her. He loves her and not willing to leave, but wondering why she is saying okay for him to have sex with another woman or women. Paula, I just don't. So she she knows this woman, she knows that he's able to perform with other people and it's just not with her and she she doesn't know, she doesn't think that's a problem? Well, what it is is, what it is is that she, I mean, they know that she's, he's having a problem, right? With her, but but not with other people. With her, it's, right? It's just her by herself. Yeah. And the thing of it is, what he's saying is that he can go out and and have sex with someone else, and um, it's like amazing sex. But when it comes to them two, he's just it's, he's having difficulty 
keeping um, erect. He can't. He keep, can't what's keep the, his erect. Have you ever seen that movie? I'm just not that into you. That I mean, that's what it seems like to me. If he can get it up for somebody well, else, but not with her, then he just. I mean, you can love somebody and not be attracted to them. I, I, I've experienced that firsthand. You can right, but they're right, but mm-hmm. right, but they're in love with one another. I mean, they're they're definitely in love. So the question yeah. is, can you be in love with someone and not have a not sexual you, you have not have a sexual relationship? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think I think because cause I just stepped outside of the box for a minute and I was mm-hmm. saying the reason why she gave him permission could be, I don't know, yes, babe, you I can't we're having problems in this bedroom. You know, mm-hmm. one of the options is that one of the things is that I have unconditional love for you and I want you to be pleased and I'm not able to do it. If you want to go out there and have sex with someone, you go ahead, but you know that your love is right here. This is where your love is. But mm-hmm. I can't just do this one act for you. I'm willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice that for you because I love you so much. Or the other thing of it is is that we we need to talk about what's the elephant in the room and why this is happening to us now. Mm-hmm. What has changed in our relationship that we can't um, – I can't keep you excited. Or in your mind, is it a physical thing, uh, a psychological thing in your mind that that we're not having any, I, I, I'm just not doing it for you. Is it psychological? Another mm-hmm. thing I thought about, thought about when I was talking to my friend today, and I was like, I have to definitely bring this up. Now, what I'm finding is that men, if I really think about it, not all men, but most men, think it's the women's responsibility to keep it spicy in the bedroom. Like, you know, they want you to wear certain things, do certain things, bark like a dog, whatever, jump on one foot, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, when I'm <laughs> – but when I'm – because they put so much responsibility on the woman to keep it spicy so they can stay interested in her, the thing of it is to me is that when she's not keeping it spicy for you, you want to go outside the marriage because it's not spicy for you anymore. However, it is both the man and the woman's responsibility to keep it spicy. All of that responsibility should not be put on a woman to keep your sexual life spicy. And I think when I really thought about it and I got that epiphany, I'm like maybe that's a lot of times when men go out and try to have sex with other women because it's spicy for them, but at the same time, if they really think about it, you're just doing the same thing you'd do with your wife, but this lady may be, like I said, barking like a dog, hopping on one foot, crawling on the floor, calling you Big Daddy. Your wife probably calls you Big Daddy enough. I had enough already calling you that. Let's just get it over with. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that could be a strong possibility. And mm. nobody's having a conversation. So instead of having a conversation, I'm just going to let you go out and do what you want to do. Instead of, because we're so afraid to have conversations because we're afraid of the reaction that the other person may have, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to tell my truth, let's value what each other is saying so we can fix this. You're breathing hard. Uh, uh, I know, because I'm like, uh, girl, you know, you always go, you always go real deep. You always go real deep. I'm like, if if dude can get it up for somebody else or can't get it up for her, then he's just not. I mean, and depending on, I mean, I've seen it happen, but I've seen it happen with myself. I'll be transparent about it. You know, you could be so in love with each other where that emotional connection is there. That's solid. Nothing can get through that. But because of whatever, I mean, I was on dialysis for six years. Around like the third time, I started having sexual issues, and I was in a long-term relationship. I couldn't perform, um, and I verbally gave my partner permission to do whatever they needed to do. I don't know if they did it or not. I didn't want to know about it, but I did that. The relationship was still the same. I couldn't please them, um, and, you know, I didn't want to be in a situation where they felt like they had to cheat, so I gave them permission to do it, you know, while I couldn't do that. Um, but why like, did you do that? Why did you give them permission to do that? Because I love them enough that, I, I, like I said, I didn't want them to have to feel like they had to deceive me to get pleased. And I definitely didn't want them going out because there were still things that we could do. But that if that if that penetration part was something that they really needed, I couldn't do that. 
and I didn't want it to be a situation that because of something that I wasn't able to do, that they felt like, you know, I didn't want them to be in a situation where they had to choose to cheat. Right. Now, see, for me, the the way I am is my husband, significant other, whoever, could not perform. And, uh-huh. and if they said to me, now, you know me, Will, you really know me. Yeah. And if they mm-hmm. said to me, Paula, you go ahead and you go, if you need to do this, to go have sex with somebody else to fulfill that for you, I'm giving you permission to do it. Because mm-hmm. I know that you're willing to sacrifice that for me and love me so much, I would not do it. Only because okay. you said that I could and you love me so much, I would never do it. But does that make the person I, who I, does I would use, choose I would to do that toy, wrong? Sure. Huh? Does that make the, does that make the person who does choose to take up their offer wrong? No. Just because you no, wouldn't do it for you? No. Absolutely not. It does not make them wrong. Okay. It, it absolutely doesn't. I mean, if you're giving me permission to do it, and if I uh-huh. side, decide to do it, that's fine. That's just like that movie when I was talking to, um, when I was having a conversation, Indecent Proposal. I, 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 I right, married right, it right, to that. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Okay? So the thing of it is is that if I give you, if I say that I'm willing to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think outside the box one more step and be like, wow, they love me that much to say, you go. I'm going to be here for you because this is where your love is, but you go ahead and take care of that. Am I taking a risk that you may end up having feelings for this person, but you're telling I'm going on your word telling me you just have to fulfill this sexual desire. You go ahead and do that. Hmm. But, but understand that this is where your love is because we're in love with one another. You, but you have to right. be really, you have to be really open minded for something like that. But and yeah. you're also taking a risk. The risk of okay, so I was watching, which is a good question because I was watching a good statement because I was watching The View last week and they had Dr. Ruth on, um, and I've always considered myself pretty open minded. And she was talking about they were talking about um, how people are keeping it spice in their relationships. And one of the hosts brought up um, that their husband had brought up the idea of a threesome. And she was like, a threesome is the worst idea that you can have. And they were like, why? And she was like, because you have to think, what if the other person is better than you? And that opens up the door for comparison and all the other type stuff. And I was like, hmm, I had never thought about that being the situation where the, the third person that you bring in to the bedroom is better than you and your, your your spouse chooses them over you. That could lead to, you know, becoming more than uh, an incident, a one-time occasion. And sometimes you yeah, may not be in. Le- <laughs> right, right, absolutely, because that, that leads to, um, like you said, it's an open door thing. Like, okay, he's, he's, he's better. He's doing her, um, uh, She's moaning a little bit, a little bit louder than what she normally uh, does. Exactly, exactly. Which also <laughs> like, more insecurities in the relationship. Right, insecure. But see, me, I, I I'm gonna be transparent. I've, I've never done that. Have I been uh-huh. asked to do it? Absolutely. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But the thing of it is, is that that's just something that I mean, I was much, much. I was like super young. You know what I mean? Like in my twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I was like, I, that's just something that never turned me on. I was never interested in it because I'm not trying to wait my turn and all that. I'm not trying to do all of that. But <laughs> You're right. Of, I'm not. But the thing of it is is that if somebody asked me to do it today, my answer would definitely be no because as the older you get, the wiser you get. I mean, back then, that's something that's intriguing, fun, you know what I mean? But – you know, being intimacy is, of course, more than sex. But at at a certain age, just like Ron was saying in one of the comments, uh, one of the comments he made, intimacy is almost better than sex. And at a certain point in your life, when you start getting over forty, that's really what you're looking for. You understand? My girlfriend Bakita was saying that, you know, with her and her husband, because you're older and your body is changing and you're not reacting to one another. But there's different things. You know, you still have that connection mentally and physically. I don't physically have to have sex with you, but our bodies are connected because we're touching. Mm-hmm. 
You understand? So yeah. I, I I mean and and I, I think that um you know, Ron had made a good point when he was saying today women are almost just like men when it comes to sex. I, I just want to get with you for the sex and then I'm out. Yeah. You know, because making having sex, like making love is like almost out the window almost. You understand what I mean? It's all about you go ahead and get me off and I'll see you in two weeks, like you're making a doctor's appointment. Uh-huh. And but I'm coming to find that it's true, even with women, because they're no longer want that connection, connection. I just want to make you, let you make, I just want you to make me feel good, you know what I mean? And then I'm bouncing after that. So it's like, well, I, think I, mean, I think it's not the women. A lot, of that, a lot of that goes to everybody's not looking for a relationship. You know, like, back, a in the day, you know back in the day when you when you had sex or whatever, especially women, I don't say women, when they had sex, it was basic, it was leading towards something, you know, I'm giving you a special part right. of me, you know, it's, it's headed towards a relationship. Nowadays, even girls, I mean, working in the salon, I hear my clients, you know, they see somebody they want, they want that, and that's all they want. They're not looking for a relationship. They're not trying to be held down, I guess, because it's a lot of them out here, and they're not trying to be, you know, tied up. So yeah, it's not only guys. Right, it's like it's friggin' free for all. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, everybody's not relationship oriented. You and I both are. Well, right? I, you know, everybody. Right. I think because of the headaches that come along with it, the trust issues, and you know, all the things that make a relationship what it is, but nobody wants to be bothered with that part. You know, everybody's right. all about the physical thing. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want the headaches of wondering where you are, what you're doing, if you're cheating on me. If you don't, now we don't even have to worry about it. You, you're free to go. We have the freedom to go sleep with who we want to sleep with, with who we get ready, and there's no questions asked. Well, let me ask That's you this question. That's pretty much what's how it is that? today. What's wrong with that? I mean, up ain't nothing front, wrong with it if you're Up front. Up front. But okay, so right. evidently, Simon says you're not down with it. <laughs> No, but what I'm saying is that you have to have the conversation, though. That's, oh, that's it has to be mutually agreed upon. Yes, you have to mutually agree. Coming out the friggin' gate, coming out uh-huh. the gate, we're going to have this conversation. I really okay. don't want to be in a relationship. Are you cool with me? I like going to the movies, but I'm doing you, and I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of other people. Are you cool with that? Let me decide, which we had this conversation, let me decide. I don't want to be over here being Betty Crocker and, Doing treating you like you my man, and I'm you know we we have this movement, and it looks if it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. That was used to be the same, but today if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it may not be that. You understand right. what I mean today? Oh, so, well, okay, well, let, let me ask you this question then. Listen very okay. carefully. So, do you I'm think, listening. in your in your most humble opinion, as Monique always says? Sure. Um, do you think it is more a lack of communication, i.e., we're doing things, we've been out, we've had sex, so I automatically assume that we're in a relationship, or dishonesty, girl, you know, you're it, I love you, blah, 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 but really, that's not what they want. I, You want my so honest think, opinion, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I think from speaking, I can only say from speaking to men, okay, uh-huh. which I have uh-huh. a lot lately, mm-hmm. what they say to me is that in order for me to get what I want, and this is still true today, in order for me to get, because I want to have sex with you, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you X, Y, Z so I can get it. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. If, right. If you want me, if you want to hear me say, yeah, baby, I love you. I'm going to tell you that. Now, this is mm-hmm. what a dude told me, mm-hmm. you know, so I can so I can hit that. But there's mm-hmm. some women he could come to and say, hey, this is what it is, this is what I'm going to do, and there's women that's strong enough that can deal with that. But, again, me, we as women, we're emotional. So, like, like, if we have sex with you more than three or four times, you coming over here spending the night, and sidebar, that's what I told the guy. I said, well, y'all make your fatal, fatal mistake is staying, spending the night. If you're just there to hit it, you should never spend the night. Because once you sleep in that bed and you start spooning and cuddling and stuff like that, 
that changes the whole parameter of what you're there for. That changes the whole dynamic. Get up, no matter how, don't get that tired or don't get that drunk and take your behind home. <laughs> because then once you spend, then once you spend the night, then you got to get up. You gonna have sex in the morning because you know you are gonna want to hit it before you leave. Then she gonna be like, oh, well, why don't you stay for breakfast? Yeah, I am a little hungry because your stomach growling because you, you know you didn't drink, you didn't worked up an appetite. So now right, she done cooked right. for you. You understand? Know so now you cook. Yeah. Oh, it felt real good. You know she hit it. You know she did this, this, this to me. Let me go back over. Here you go again. So now you be like, she be like, oh, well, won't you stay? Yeah, I'm gonna go do that. All right, here we go again. Now, nobody's having a conversation, but your actions now are turning into this because you spent the night. Mm-hmm. I told him hey. that. He was like, you know what, girl? You are so right. We should never spend a night. No, Holmes, you should never spend a night. Is that true? Uh, Paula, Paula. You know, You're I don't know. Hard again. You know, I'm, you what? I, I, you know what? I, I mean, true. I know. I know personally firsthand that some guys are going to say what they have to say to do to to do and to get what they want. I do know that. But I, like I said some months ago, we had a very similar kind of conversation. You know, there has to come to a point when women have to own their own principles, and you know, you should be able to discern based upon actions. If you tell me you love me, but I don't feel it and I don't see it, then you should be able to say, okay, this person doesn't love me. They just feel it. Especially if there's something physical going, you know, along with it, with the sex or whatever. Right, because that physical thing blinds you from what it really is. But I have to say that, and I said this to my friend, that when you see the relationship going in another direction, because you know how women are. When you see her acting like you're her man and she's giving you signs, but you're still accepting it, it's your responsibility to stop right then and be like, hold it, baby. This is not what it is. I told you out the gate this is what I wanted. But if you keep letting her go forward, have forward movement in that, then you have to take responsibility and accountability for that and the actions that's going to come with that. True, 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 true. Okay, I get that. That is true. I get, I get that. Thank you. I get that. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's 7.27. I guess it's already coming to the studio. Um, I'm actually going to take a quick break and come back, um, and hopefully towards the end of the show we can wrap up with um, another one of your other topics that you were talking about on Facebook. And I also want to talk about Jesse Smollett, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is going on. He's still saying that, you know, it happened. All this evidence is coming up that it ha- did not happen. The two guys that were arrested, they've spoken. And I just don't know what to believe. I know what I want to believe, but the evidence is actually is evident. It's going against it. But um, we're going to talk about that. And as well, we're going to talk to Ms. Dawn James, who's in the studio. She's going to talk to us about um, the vibration of forgiveness. She survived an attempted murder-suicide and found a way to forgive. So we're going to come right back with Ms. Dawn James. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We'll be right back. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. 
Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Dutch diploma to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. What's going on, everybody? This is Neo for LifeBeat, the music industry fights AIDS. When you're drunk or high, all you want to think about is what feels good. But think about this. Two Americans under the age of 21 are infected with HIV every hour of every day. Don't become another statistic. Use protection. To learn more about HIV and AIDS, log on to www.lifebeat.org. Respect yourself. Protect yourself. You are now listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We're in the studio with Miss Dawn James. She's a conscious living teacher, researcher, and educator. She has dedicated over 15 years and traveled four continents teaching people how to live in harmony with the planet, each other, and themselves. She's a writer, international speaker, wellness practitioner, and author of the Raise the Vibration Trilogy. She's going to talk to us tonight about the vibration of forgiveness. Please help me welcome to the show. Ms. Dawn James. How are you, Dawn? Hello. Hello, Will. I'm so excited to be on your show. I can't tell oh, you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. And you know what? You, you, you came on tonight that I have a co-host, Ms. Paula E. My bestie is on the line. Paula, oh. introduce yourself. Hi, Dawn. How are you? This is Paula B. I'm so excited to be speaking to you today. Oh, Paula, that's wonderful. I got two for one. I love it. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank yes, yes. you. So, Dawn, just briefly, I, I gave a little bit about who you are, but I know that you, you've, you've taken a, quite a, a journey, um, especially yes. to, to release the vibration <laughs> series. Yeah. Um, just yeah. reintroduce yourself to the listeners, please. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Dawn James, and I start off by saying I am living my second life. Quite literally, I had a very different first life, and that came to a very abrupt end in 2003, and that was a turning point for me. And the event that I experienced was realizing that when our physical life ends, because my heart stopped beating, that it wasn't the end for me. Um, When I realized that we're not just physical beings, we actually have a greater energy, if you will, a spiritual energy about us. That was my realization in the spring of 2003. And, Will, that is when my first life came to an end, and I began to pay attention to everything around me, how the world looked, how the world felt, um, why I behaved certain ways. I questioned my values. I became extremely introspective about life because I knew there was more to life than just going to work and paying taxes. And so when I experienced that awakening, um, that is when I began to raise my own consciousness on how to live in this world, how I wanted to be with my family, my husband, my three children, how I wanted to interact with everything and everybody. And that eye-opener for me, one of the greatest lessons I learned from that, we Mm. always have a choice. We always have a choice. And when I say that, I mean, even if you believe you're stuck in a situation, um, you're not going to get out of something, you always have a choice. And that was my biggest lesson. I learned that I could choose how I wanted to be and show up in the world, and I could choose how I wanted to feel about things in my life. And my biggest story, of course, is forgiveness, which is what I want to share tonight, the the power of forgiveness. Right, right. And I know in your book, Raise the Vibrations Between Us, you mentioned that the vibration of forgiveness is one path to peace, one path to peace. It is one path. Yeah, so forgiveness, well, I'll give you the context. I see a lot of people, many of us are holding on to a lot of pain, okay? Um, Past pain, hurts, betrayal. Um, You know, some of us were probably 
harshly criticizes children. All of these things cause pain, emotional pain, and we're holding on to it, whether we consciously are aware of it or not. And in a sense, it's like a heavy weight around your heart, okay? And so I talk about being in pain and what does it mean to alleviate some of that pain? How do I find peace in my life? And forgiveness is one path to peace. Because when we forgive, we are releasing an emotional charge that we are holding in our own bodies. Okay, and right. so that is when I say we can be we can be free of that once we learn how to release it. Um, when you think about energy and vibration, is all about. I mean, the definition of vibrational frequency. It's about the flow of energy, a specific type of energy. But when you think about your day-to-day living, we are always in a state of movement and flux and change. But mm-hmm. there are times in our lives that we experience pain and we hold on to that. And that is that is where the problem begins. We're holding on to a pain that is not serving us well and it is going to eventually cause other dis-ease in our bodies and in our lives, and it can show up in so many ways, whether it's ulcers, back pain, arthritis, we're holding on to things we don't need. So how do I find peace? Right? How do I find peace? How do I make peace with a situation that is so hurtful to me? And so that's what I've been teaching for the last 15 years. Raising mm-hmm. the vibration between us is about clearing up the past, clearing up the pain and elevating our minds to a place where we can begin to appreciate who we really are, what we really bring to this life, and start living fully. Um, And so that's why I believe forgiveness is a really important part of living a wholesome life. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, for me, I could tell you, I didn't start off to be a writer, but I ended up writing my first book in 2010 called Raise Your Vibration, Transform Your Life. And that was the foundation. That's the introduction on how to live more consciously and how to elevate your mind, elevate your heart, elevate the way you speak to one another, um, elevate how you look at other people. And so that was my introduction to the world on being more conscious. Um, the second book came out in 2014, Raise the Vibration Around You. And Raising the Vibration Around You is all about your home. How do you want to be at home? You know, uh, Will, you've heard the expression, your home is your castle, right? Right, exactly. Your uh-huh. So when you step in the door, how do you want to feel when you get home? You want to feel you great. Know. You want to feel at peace. You want to feel relaxed. You want to feel relaxed, comfortable. And then there's a whole aspect of my book that talks to people about safe and unsafe, right? We have Mm -hmm. safe and unsafe lighting. We have chemically treated water. We have all these things in our home that may not be good for us. So how do you raise the vibration in your home? So I teach people how to detox their homes and how to create a more peaceful space. Um, But this last book is really about clearing things up in your life, clearing up the past and alleviating ourselves from some pain because the longer we hold on to pain, um, the more we attract opportunities for more pain. (laughs) You know that saying, like attracts like, right? The person who complains all the time and is whining and always has something negative to talk about something, those are the people that usually have the headaches and the ulcers and constant drama because they thrive on drama Um, when we hold on to pain we do suffer with heartache and I lived through that and my own experience will was I was faced with a situation when I was six months pregnant Mm -hmm. and the last thing in in the world I expected was that my life would be threatened And you can imagine when you're carrying a baby, the last thing you want to be worrying about is, you know, two lives at stake here, not one. And in my situation, um, I was threatened um, with my for my life, and it was my my mother. Your mother. Yes, yes. And 
I can talk about it today, but if you had asked me this even, you know, 20 years ago, I couldn't talk to you. I really couldn't talk to you. This whole episode happened 25 years ago, and when I was having my first child, um, I'm an only child for my parents. I'm going to fast forward. Children grow up. They go to school. They start dating. You meet somebody. I got Mm -hmm. engaged, I got married, and I started, we started a family. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was an only child, it was difficult for her, and there was a sense of me leaving or abandoning or something. But at the time, in that moment, I was shocked and I was hurt beyond description that the Mm -hmm. person I loved would even think of ending my life. And so that morning, I was faced with (laughs) remain in a room with somebody holding a knife or run for my life because I was looking at someone who I thought I knew Mm -hmm. for over 20 years. And when I looked at that person, those eyes did not look like the person I knew. Mm. And in that moment, I knew I had to get out of that situation physically. And that's what I did. Um, My forgiveness story took 16 years, Well, and I think it took 16 years because up until that moment, my life was threatened. I was actually, I had a good relationship with my mom, Mm -hmm. and when that occurred, I felt betrayed, I felt crushed, I was shocked, and for 16 years, I could not even say her name. That's how much pain I had. When my daughter turned 16, I'm going forward, Mm -hmm. my daughter turned 16, and I was sitting, looking at her, playing with her friends, and I started thinking about being a parent. I started thinking about my life, and I started thinking about my mother's life, and that was the first time in my life I was able to think about what was she thinking that morning when the knife came towards me, what was going through her mind? How could you even consider taking your child's life and your grandchild's life? And that's 16 years later, I started thinking about her life. And I, and I write about this in the book in, in detail, but I'll just tell you quickly. The woman that I knew had had a hard life and she had suffered a lot of loss both parents died before she was 12. Her step-parents didn't treat her well. Um, she left home young. A lot of abandonment issues. And then finally, finally meeting somebody and wanting to have a family and having a hard time having a family. So 10 years she tried to get pregnant, 10 years. And there was a lot of loss in those 10 years. And finally, <laughs> at the end of, you know, almost ready to give up, you finally have one child. So there was a lot of loss, and I believe in that moment she looked at me as if she was losing me. Mm -hmm. And as crazy as it sounds, and I'm sure some listeners can relate, when you raise a child and that child's ready to move on into adulthood, I think some parents feel they're losing their child. Now, it may not be as strong as that, but, I mean, Paula, maybe you can relate. I mean... You know, I, I've I've seen parents broke down and cry because their kids are going to college, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kids leaving home to go to college, they're crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But in that I, moment, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I I mean, when my daughter left and moved to Texas, I cried like a baby. Yeah. So I mean, I understand, you know, that you know, hurt your. Well, I really, I can't say I understand where your mom was coming from because of the, because of how she handled it. But you know, you're not losing your child; they're just deciding to um, go on a new journey with their life. So, how, right. how did this experience um, change you and your outlook on parenting or your life? Oh, thank you. That is an amazing question, Paula. When I, I I would tell I will say to you I spent 15 of those 16 years grieving. I was grieving for 15 years, a lot of crying, a lot of why 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 why, and there was never an answer coming back to me. 
But one thing I did come to realize was I knew I was going to parent my children differently. And how did I do that? The impact it had on me, I raised my children to become independent adults. I raised my children knowing that they would be leaving home. So I made sure they could cook and clean and sew and do all these things. And more importantly, I raised my children in a way that our relationship would not be impacted just because they got married or just because they're having a baby. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to even, in my mind, think about that. I was never afraid to lose my children to becoming adults. I expected them to become independent adults. And so that's how I parented our our kids differently than I was parented. Um, I think many times, I think when I look back, my mom wanted to protect me. You know, so mm-hmm. that's how I parented our kids differently, and they are very independent, and I love that. You know, and and they're all, they've all got their own skills and gifts, and they're doing their own thing, and it's okay, and I feel good, and we're celebrating that. So that's how I parented my kids differently. Um, I don't see it as a loss. I see it as an accomplishment for a parent to raise a child, to know that that child can leave home and be prepared for life and has life skills. I mean, that's the goal of being a parent. So that was really big for me. When I came to the point of saying, oh, my gosh, now that I understand what was going through her mind, I understand she was terrified and fearful of loss. She was crippled with this fear that she was losing me, losing this whole concept of her child because I'm going to be a mother. And in the moment I forgave her, when I forgave her, 50 pounds came off of me, right? Because I finally understood her pain and her fear, and I was able to release that emotional grief that I'd been holding on for 16 years. So I've been through it. I can talk about it now. I'm okay because that emotional charge is gone. And so for for what I teach people today is let us go back in time, and I call it emptying your cup. It's mm-hmm. a technique. I've worked with victims of sexual assault for many years. I've worked with people who have been through trauma, and it's a gentle process, but we get them to look at what they're holding on to in that cup and we do a process called emptying your cup because at the end of the day, our cup gets full of experiences. There are things placed in our cup, our parents, our teachers, our friends, the church, our neighbors, our children, our partners, everybody's filling up our cup. And we've got we to gotta get some room back because if we don't, That's we end up getting true. lost. Yeah, right? that is, that is, yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, I, yeah. I think that you you've done a great job answering all our questions. Um, and when well, can we purchase have, your? Oh, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, let me ask her a question real quick because I'm trying to visualize everything. Okay, so I'm with the cup, emptying your cup. I'm imagining mm-hmm. that, like you said, you go through all these experiences that are traumatic, and you basically don't deal with them. So your cup is actually becoming full, full of bad things. Yes. Which means that you don't have any room to let any of the good stuff come in. So correct. You know, you're a trained person. You've been through 15 years of research and becoming educated about it. So the person, the untrained person, is this something that they need to seek the assistance of someone like yourself, or does your book teach how they can work through issues themselves to learn how to forgive? In in this book, Raise the Vibration Between Us, I actually offer four different ways to forgive, four different approaches to forgive. Uh, Emptying your cup is one. Uh, There are three other techniques in the book, and there's actually something called a forgiveness declaration, which is something you make to yourself, which not only releases that emotional energy, but it also frees you up to move forward in life. One of the things I I try and uh, explain to people is that when you forgive, the vibration of forgiveness allows you to be happier in life. It allows you or empowers you to stop feeling like a victim. When you're able to forgive, you, you release that victim feeling. 
you also are going to have better relationships now because you're going to be looking at people with a different lens, a different point of view, right? You're going to be actually become more understanding and compassionate. And so the vibration of forgiveness has many benefits, even on how we speak to each other, right? We stop complaining and accusing now. We've We've gone beyond that. We've forgiven. You're going to change your dialogue, right? right. And so right. those are the, some of the things that I share. But, yes, there are four techniques on how to forgive. Um, the other half of the book talks about karma. What we reap, we sow. Mm. That is a spiritual right. law. And I want people to realize even how you – I give a, a really good example on parents and children – it's not what you say to your child, but how are you speaking to that child? How are they hearing your words? Right? Right. Is it harsh? Is it gentle? Because the way the way you speak to a child is going to create karma between you and that child. And that child, in turn, is going to start to have certain beliefs about themselves that may be false. And therefore, they're going to start behaviors that aren't even based on the truth. And so I talk about karma, especially parents and children, mm-hmm. and how to relate to people in a way that is going to be harmonic, which means I am not creating pain. I'm not creating a sense of shame. I am not blaming anybody. How do we relate to each other in a more positive way? And that's what I teach in the second half of the book. Because at the end of the day, Will, if we can really relate to each other, Mm-hmm. and not put each other down, and more importantly, not create what I call bad karma. You know, we're not pulling each other down. We're actually building each other up. You're going to have an easier life. I'm going to have an easier life because we are we are all connected. On an energetic sure. level, we are all connected to each other. Um, so I've had a lot of fun teaching people this in the last 15 years. I wanted to capture forgiveness in a book, and which is what I share on this particular book. And at the end of the day, we're going to have a healthier, more positive, loving life when we release some of this pain that we're holding on to. Right. And become conscious about it. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, you have a promotion for our listeners because you have, in April, um, a Honoring You Ultimate Self-Care Retreat coming up. Yes. I just have one little correction. Um So in addition to writing, I also do wellness and empowerment retreats, and we are hosting um, Honoring You. It is a self-care retreat, seven days in Costa Rica, and the date, correction date, is August 10th to 16th. Oh, okay. Um, The best way to find out about it is to go to my website, dawnjames.ca. You will see my books, and in my bio, you will have a link to my retreats. It is a time to honor, rebalance, recharge, and lighten your life. So it's really a transformational experience, and it's being held in Costa Rica in August. And that's August. You said 10th through the 16th. 16th. 16th, yes. Wonderful. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I have a little treat. If anyone is listening and you tell me you heard this on, Let's face it, then there will be a $200 discount for that retreat. Wow. Yes, ma'am. That's wonderful. Yes. Now, Paula, Paula, make a note because, Will, I don't want to break your heart, but it's for women. I know. I I read that part. (laughs) Duly noted. Yes, yes. Paula Paula is duly noted. Yes. It's honor yourself. It's seven days of pampering. (laughs) Oh, my God. That sounds yeah. amazing. And I get $200 off? Ooh. If you she listen, if you tell me you listen to this show, yes, yes, that is the discount for our listeners tonight. Thank you. Well, Dawn, thank, thank you so you. much for sharing, sharing your purpose through your pain, actually. Um, I appreciate that. I know our listeners appreciate it. Um, and, you know, I can't be at the, the summit, but I wish you the very best um, for a successful Thank you. I appreciate appreciate your show, appreciate your time, Will. Have a fantastic week. Paula, pleasure to, to meet you. Yes, same here. Have a good Have evening. Have a great night. Have a great Bye-bye. evening. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so I'm hearing more and more about the frequency, Paula. You are correct. Frequency, <laughs> frequency and vibration. 
So it seems to me like you are the one who um a little behind schedule. You need to get you need to get up with the frequency and the vibration. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I know why you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um I think we have yeah. a someone on the line. Let's see here. Okay. Call you on the air. Hello? Okay. We had someone um on the line. But where where did we leave off? I know I wanted to talk about Jesse a little bit, but um Yeah, we wanted to talk about that. I mm. What what do you so think? Go ahead. What? what is your thought? I, okay, so when it first happened, I was suspicious in the way. I thought it was a hookup gone bad. Um, I still don't know what happened. They're saying because the two guys, one of them, um, they said was his personal trainer for a while, and then one of them was an extra on Empire. Um, and they that Jesse paid them $3,500 each. I think there's evidence that the guys went into the hardware store and bought the rope. Um so they're saying that that's what Jesse paid him. Jesse's saying that's not the deal and that, you know, he was attacked. Your president, you know, tweeted that um, Jesse was a liar and that um, he was trying to make Trump supporters look bad. So I'm like, this was just like, and then they're talking about now it's going to be felony charges against Jesse if they find out that, um, you know, he is lying. I, I don't know. I know. I want to believe that. He is not lying, but all signs are going to you know they're showing that you know something's not right. But why would he do that? I mean, you're you're a megastar on the yeah. A, you don't TV you know you don't show. need the publicity. And, I mean, I guess right, everybody you're can a star. Right. I don't I don't get it. And then for that, and that yes, I don't I I just don't understand. I I I can't say if he's lying or not because I wasn't mm-hmm. there. I mean. The evidence is is not going in his favor, but again, we know how the media does, so yeah, they're probably yeah. embellishing a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because for some reason, they just won't let this die. There was there's been a lot of actors that have gotten mugged, and but for this for this one, they are just not letting it go. And I'm like, I'm wondering why. And then why is the president chiming in on this? You have so many other things you need to be worrying about. Why are you chiming exactly. in about that? So the whole thing doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, uh-uh. you're trying to build a wall, you know what I mean, and shutting down mm-hmm. the government. And it's so funny because Sarah's daughter, you know, my little my little Lily, who's like seven years old, she's like, Mom, now the, the, the things that comes out of children's mouth, she's like, why would he try to build a wall when no matter how big the – the, how tall the wall is, they, you can always climb over it. They're always going to figure out a way to get over the wall. She's only seven. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even take but, it doesn't take an adult to understand that that's just not the solution for the problem. So exactly, um, it's not the solution for the problem. So he's just I don't I can't even think about it. It's just so crazy. But yeah. you know, I'm just hoping that he does not paint his image by. This falsehood, well, if it is a false story, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I want to know why he would do that. And then you're going to embarrass all your cast members. Yeah. As exactly. well. Exactly. For no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm going to concur with you, and I'm hoping, you know, that that's not the case. Yeah. Well, what was the so other I see topic that you had? Bill Cosby. You posted something about Bill oh, Cosby. Oh, yeah, Bill you know, I'm very Cosby. Very sensitive okay, about so that. Bill, I don't know. Okay, so Bill Cosby, the first thing, so Camille hasn't been to see him yet. The only people who have been to see him is this reporter and um, his lawyer. His pe- um, Right. He's down to 195 pounds, blah, 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 blah. But Bill Cosby says that they asked him, was he remorseful? He said he's not remorseful because um, he didn't do anything. He said that he's he's likening himself to people like Martin Luther King, Gandhi, uh, Mandela, basically political prisoners. Um, what, what, you know, he, st- he, he was given, what, I think, three to, ten, three to seven years. Um, so he has... Um, well, hopefully he'll be out in one for good behavior because the man is 80-something years old, my God, for God's sake. Yeah. Well, I know there one one time they were saying that he was being Cliff Huff, being Doctor Cliff Huxtable in there, and he was giving people diagnosis 
on their problems and everything. So I don't know, you know, what to believe. Well, they don't really have them in general population because I read the same article. But, uh-huh. you know, my thing of it is is that, I mean, he's getting healthy in there because they, they were saying, you know, oh, he's yeah. not being remorseful and they're using, he's like using it as, a, I don't know, for lack of better words, some type of spy, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. you have all the time in the world to cleanse yourself and to think, you know, what, what are you going to do in jail? You have to make the best of the situation. If he doesn't feel like he needs to be remorseful for what happened, he doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, why would we hold him to a higher standard? That's not a man. Right. Okay, right. He probably mm-hmm. didn't because, again, my thing of it is, and I'm going to hold fast to this, why mm-hmm. are you over there? You're looking for something. So you're in a man's house. The late his, the lady of the house went upstairs to go to sleep, and you're still there. Right. So, you had a, a everybody has an agenda, and that was your your agenda was to get fame and fortune and thinking that he could take you there. So you you know what time it is. I watched um, this movie called The Good, Bad, and Ugly um, mm-hmm. with Kurt Douglas, Lana Turner, and I forgot the other person. But mm-hmm. the bottom line to the issue is that she wanted to be a movie star, and the thing of it is is that he made into the star, but the guy had told her, you know what comes along with this. You know what you know what it is. This is way back in the 1940s when they made this movie. You know what I mean? The same thing with um, the movie with Natalie Wood when it was called Return of Daisy, what I forgot the whole name. I just watched it the other day, Daisy something. She was sleeping with the producer because he's like, you know what it is that you have to do to keep getting all these perks. So it's always been that way. Produced, it's always yeah. been that way, and and women know, and and unfortunately, they went along with it because of the lifestyle they wanted to lead. I'm not saying that he was right, but I'm just saying that they they knew what needed to be done in order for you to right. get what you had to get. Right, right, yeah. Well, we're gonna stay tuned to it. We've talked about it a couple of times. Oh, you know what? While I have you on the phone, I've asked a couple of people um, regarding the beast the beast Smith situation with the husband. Um, having the girlfriend, and you know, be you know about that situation, right? You said B. Smith, the uh, um, yeah. Okay, what happened? The black Martha Stewart. Right. Are you are you are you um up to date with that situation? How you know she has Alzheimer's? So just how she, you know how she has Alzheimer's and um, oh, her yeah, husband. Oh yeah, her husband was dating. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, has the girlfriend. How, do you feel that's wrong? Well, yes. You do? For the simple fact, even though she has all, she's still here. You understand what I'm saying? She doesn't know who he is. still here. So you think he's going to get to the Right. I know she doesn't know who he is, but the thing of it is is that do you still have access to everything that she she has because you're her husband? Are you still spending her money? I'm not saying he doesn't have any money of his own. But I'm saying, uh-huh. are you still living the lifestyle that y'all had when she did know who you were, who you were? So if you're still doing that, you you need to honor her until she's till she's gone. And if you want to, if you want to date somebody, just be on a low with it. Don't be disrespectful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I was against him putting it on social media, but the fact yeah, of you're being disrespectful. You know I've never heard none of the guests have ever brought it from the aspect of. If you know they're still sharing funds, or if he's still you know monetarily surviving off of her, um, I know that he did mention on the view that he um, purchased. They don't live in their house that they used to live in. He bought another house, so I know he he was like a manager with the restaurant or co-owner when they had the restaurants as well. So I'm assuming he does have his own um, his own money, but I know that he said he purchased another house so that it will be safer um, for her. Yeah, but you purchased another house, and you were saying that you were the manager of the restaurant. But she's the name and the face and the brand of the True. restaurant. Of the restaurant. True. So the thing of it is, is that I'm. It's going to be safe for me to say or assume that this was her plan 
this was her goal to do this, and you just came along the way, which is cool. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that you still are living on her legacy, not really your own, because that was her dream, and she, as your, as her husband, of course, she she brought you along with it. But now you still are enjoying the fruits of her labor and flaunting it in everybody's faces, which I think is disrespectful. That's true. You're right. You're right. Well, God, I've been right a lot lately. I'm so happy today. Uh, oh my God! Not, normally, I'm I'm not normally, right. Yeah, well, you were a little kind of iffy, you know, with the <laughs> with the relationship <laughs> thing. You're right, Willie. You're dead on with these. I believe these. Yeah, you're good. Well, okay. Well, Paul, I want to thank you, baby, for coming on the show. Time flies by so fast. Um, I know because we're having so much fun all the time. Yeah, we always talk. I miss you. I haven't seen you in a while, so we're going to definitely have to catch up. Um, yes, we have to have a brother and sister date. Yeah, coming up soon. Mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody soon. for tuning in. Um, thank you, Paula, for co-hosting the whole show. I really appreciate it. Um, everyone, You're make sure welcome. You next week, same place, same time, from 7 to 8 during the week. Make sure you check in at livewithwill.com for updates and our schedule for actually we have about six more shows. Um, for this season. So make sure you tune in next week. Until then, everybody be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's show. I hope you get a chance during the week to visit our site at livewithwill.com for up-to-date show information, including exclusive opportunities and exciting upcoming interviews. Be sure to tune in next week, same place, same time, for another informative show of real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it, 